Hello and welcome to a Friday edition of the Managing Madrid podcast. This is your host, Keon Sobani. We are here for the third consecutive week. We are staying true to this segment. This is a preview of sorts for Real Madrid's game tomorrow. Uh, a rare early-ish kickoff at 4.15 Central Time Madrid tomorrow on Saturday. So um, if you listen to this, uh, enjoy it. This is about a 20-minute, I guess, crash course on what we'll see tomorrow, what we might see tomorrow. We'll go through Real Madrid's lineups, Levante's lineups, and so forth. So joining me, as always, for this segment is Jose Perez. Jose, how you doing? Hi, Kian. Hi, everyone. And as usual, it's nice to be talking about La Liga teams. And yeah, it, I think as with Levante, it's always they always turned out to be kind of fun games. Yes, they are. Um, they are generally speaking, they're pretty tactically well drilled and organized. Um, they have their ebbs and their flows and ups and downs. But um, the last time these two teams played was in October, where Real Madrid came away with a two 0 victory away from home. It was actually rather unconvincing, um, which is not an uncommon theme for Real Madrid victories this season. Goals from Benzema and Vinicius Jr. Jose, what has changed, if anything, since then? Uh, since then, honestly, not much. And we will probably see uh, a very similar game to what it was back then. So back in that game, uh, again, there was some pretty strong Levante pressing. Uh Real were good at shutting them down, like shutting them, the, shutting down their buildup during the first half. Then there were some changes in the second half, and second half so we suffered a lot uh, until like a very late goal from Benzema, I think. Yeah. Um, the script will be kind of similar now in that. Uh, this game will still feature pretty strong pressing from Levante. I think right now. Uh, what changes more than Levante is the fact that right now it's not a good idea to press Real Madrid, and I have a feeling that Levante will suffer a lot because of that. Interesting, because like I remember the last preview we did was for, well, which game was it that we did the preview for last week? Uh, Alaves. Alaves, right. So we had brought up all those concerns from the first game, which Real Madrid lost against Alaves. And um, they ended up winning 4-1. So we hope that this this preview podcast has a similar omen to tomorrow's game. But one of the things I remember from that win over Levante was that, as you mentioned, that Karim Benzema goal came really late. And I remember writing the immediate reaction for that game. And I basically had structured that it was 1-0 until Benzema basically scored for the last minute, last second of the game, last kick of the game. And I quickly just edited the article and press publish to say that Benzema scored on a breakaway on his final touch. And that was 2-0. But one of the things that um, Real Madrid struggled with that day was um, well they just kind of struggled to create chances and they didn't really get anything going they had moments but um, really this game was about Courtois coming up big on several occasions he was left for dead often on his own almost single-handedly kind of fighting off um, a, a Levante surges and things did not really improve in the second half as the game wore on and so um, and obviously, Vinicius missed two big chances in that game. He also scored. So um, they also had a high line in that game, Jose, which Levante didn't take advantage of in the first half, but then they basically did in the second half. So do you think from, like I, I know you mentioned like Levante pressing and stuff, that may, it may not be such a good idea now, but how do you think they can perhaps exploit, assuming Real Madrid plays similarly in that they will have possession in, in Levante's half? 
So uh, right now, I think Levante are in a bit of a tough situation with certain key absences, which is the other thing that changes with respect to the previous game. Mm. Uh, one of the biggest things that changed for Levante, for example, over the last month is that actually Jorge de Frutos has been he, he he didn't have such a big role at the beginning of the season but then over the last month he's been given a bigger and bigger role and he's gotten four assists in the last five games but he just got a knock this week and won't be and very likely won't make it to the game so it's like that's one of the bigger changes for Levante and yeah it's not good. he's but he's not going to play for this game, then Jose Campaña, who is like their big playmaker and quite frankly, one of the best midfielders in the league, a guy who probably will soon play for a top half team. He is also injured long term. Uh, this week, it was a, I, this week or the last, it was announced that he will have to go undergo surgery. So it will be more complicated for Levante to do uh, good things uh, for this game, quite simply because. The, some of their most uh, uh, creative players and a good chance creator like the Frutos has been over the last month, they won't be available. That And that's a huge blow. Um, Jorge de Frutos, obviously one of the signings for them. Um, and uh, you, as you, you kind of mentioned to me off air, like you just brought up the fact that Danny Gomez is also there with Jorge de Frutos, two former Real Madrid youth products. Danny Gomez, I was, I was actually really high on in Castilla. I thought he had a good hunger and drive. Maybe it didn't, really hasn't hasn't happened for him quite yet but um where do you think like in terms of defensive efficiency and being able to hold their opponents where would you say Levante kind of rank in the league with respect to that so that is actually that's actually an interesting story because this season they've evolved like the thing about Levante, about Paco Lopez's Levante, is that they are probably the most chaotic team in the league, which is kind of funny because, like, uh, for example, there's this Emery interview with Unai Emery, like, this season where he just said, yeah, the problem with this league and the reason it's so low scoring is that every team kind of prioritizes order and defense. Levante are the opposite. Levante want to disorder opponents and they're okay with disordering their own structure while doing so. And that ended up with the Levante team that a lot of the time in previous seasons was a super disordered defensive unit, a lot of spacing between lines and teams could get chance after chance against them for two. The it's hilarious that like the, they've made it, they survived pretty well mid table on both of the last seasons, but expected goal models hate these guys like they they but they've shown up as basically the worst defense in la liga for the last two years to be fair last year i think the the main reason they were able to finish comfortably mid-table is that they had their goalkeeper aitor fernandez stopping at the level of like best keeper in the league like mm. he stopped like eight goals above expectation yeah so <clears throat> um I think like just and also the Levante experience is also interesting too and um kind of the way that the game on, on October unfolded was that to to me anyway my my analysis of that game was I thought Real Madrid they were very they were very symmetrical in the way they attacked like it was almost equal usage on both wings and then very little going down the middle and it was seemed to be predictable and that's why Levante maybe had it a little bit easier defensively in that game and also, 
they also were able to take advantage of a bunch of Real Madrid giveaways. And this is Real Madrid kind of shooting themselves in the foot. And as as has been a theme of late, it wasn't that Levante so much were that good offensive, but, but Real Madrid had a lot of bad passes. And a lot of their attack came through Mendy and Vinicius combining on the left. And, and that's fine on certain games. I don't know if that's something you can consistently rely on. Um, but maybe also I would say we have a better version of Modric since then. Um, as you mentioned at the top of the show, our ability to play throughout through a press has been pretty good. Um, what do you think? Um, do, does Levante just basically play the same tomorrow as they have been this season, as they and they, as they have been against Real Madrid in October? Yeah, I would expect. It's funny because in previous seasons. Uh, it would have been more of a crapshoot. Like it would, it would have been harder to predict because Levante is some like again games against Levante. Both the tactical choices of Paco Lopez and how the games turn out end up super un- unpredictable. This season they've become a slightly more predictable side. They've been pressing pretty consistently every uh, week in week out. So. I would expect them to keep doing a similar pressing approach to what they did last game against Real Madrid. And uh, yeah, like that's that's uh, that's pretty much what I expect. I wouldn't expect any other surprises because sometimes like, for example, at the beginning of the year, uh, Levante were playing against Villarreal, who are like a possession based 4-3-3. They played with a back three like you could get a surprise like that from Paco Lopez. But I think it won't happen, and they will still stick to like the four four the, to the high pressing four four two. Where do you see some of the key matchups in this game? Um, like, so you can also kind of talk us into thing, like their their expected lineups and wherever you want to go with that. Oh, absolutely. So uh, again, so with Levante, with Paco Lopez's Levante, you always get you almost always get a four four two from time to time a back three, but it's mostly a four four two. Right now, so they have, again, they have the long-term injury for Campagna. Uh, De Frutos and Bukevic, who is a, one of their central midfielders, uh, is injured. So those are the key absences. So we're going to get a 4-4-2 setup with Aitor Fernandez as the keeper. This season, he's kind of stopping at an average level, so not definitely not as good as before, which is a good thing. <laughs> which is a good thing when facing him. The central defender duo is Ruben Veso, who was uh, kind of a signing from Valencia that has actually improved their defense a lot. So Ruben Veso and Postigo, the f- the fullbacks are Carlos Clerc and Jorge Miramon, who in their tactical behavior, they're pretty aggressive. But to be honest, they're not super productive players, in my opinion. The double pivot is Nemanja Radoya has kind of the more defensive midfield sweeper. And then Mikael Malza, um, who is more of a box-to-box role. Then in the wings, that's usually the variable that we're going to get in the Levante lineup for uh, for tomorrow. I would expect the right wing is going to be uh, Ruben Rochina instead of replacing De Frutos. Uh, and we're going to get Jose Luis Morales on the left, while up front we're going to get Dani Gomez and uh, Roger Martí. Now, that's kind of the expected lineup. Gomez and Roger have been starting pretty frequently over the last month. Uh, if uh, Paco Lopez felt like an adjustment of that, you could have Jose Morales as a striker and Dani Gomez benched, but I don't quite expect that. So that's kind of like basically Levante in a nutshell, expected lineup and um, how they'll play it out. 
where do you see the key matchups on the field specifically with regards to kind of where where the importance lies for Real Madrid, where the importance lies for Levante? You know, is there any key key, du- key duels that you're looking forward to? Absolutely. So the thing that concerns me the most, uh, the Real Madrid eleven for this one will probably be basically the same one again as versus Alaves, but with uh, with Odrio Sola instead of instead of Lucas Vasquez. That's kind of going to be the big change, and that's what concerns me because you're going to have uh, Jose Luis Morales on the left wing versus Odrio Sola, and there it, it's the kind of duel that um, will have will require some suffering, let's put it that way. Um, we'll see if how Odrio Sola has recovered from his performance in the in the Alcoyonazo. Um, the good the only good thing is that Morales is definitely less threatening than he was in previous years. He's thirty three now. He's always been a winger or striker that depended a lot on his pace. So uh, and to be honest, if there's one thing that Odrio Sola doesn't lack is pace, so he will be able to keep up with him. But we'll see how he deals in jet. But uh, but Odrio Sola, even though he has the pace, he is a bit weaker on the one versus one. So we'll see. It depends a lot on how Morales wakes up that morning. If he has a good dribbling game, there will be a lot of suffering involved. And I think that is the matchup that concerns me the most. Uh, and then the other thing that you're going to have as part of Levante's pressing, is that, yeah, we will likely have their double pivot, which would be Malsa and Radoya pressing Kroos and Modric. And depending on how that matchup goes, uh, Real could have a a nice day building up uh, from the back or not. Well, Morales does have seven goals on 3.9 XG. That's pretty pretty good for for his age and all things considered. Um, That's an interesting one. Um, this kind of brings back a theme from last week when we were talking about, well, how does Asensio help Lucas Vasquez cover? Um, and obviously, it's not Lucas Vasquez's old result this time. And so that's probably a downgrade defensively. Although the thing with old Rizzola is like, and, and you mentioned his poor performance in the Copa, underwhelming at the very least. Um, he just, he can get back in record time and transition. That's the, that's the one thing good about him defensively. Um, but I, again, I, I that that doesn't mean there won't be space to exploit if if Real Madrid aren't able to escape the press or and or they just have giveaways which uh, expose their high line and transition. Um, Jose, is there anything that we missed here before we we wrap it up? We have we have a few minutes still. So since you mentioned the case of Asensio, the one thing that does concern me here is that Levante like to use their fullbacks pretty aggressively. So the way they play with the ball, that four that four four two is more like a four two two two. Like it's a bit like Atletico where they like to use uh the the wing the wing midfielders, they like to use them a bit more a lot of the time they're even central midfielders, which is similar to what Atletico does. And uh, so those guys stay a bit more inside and then the fullbacks have a lot of room to do things on the wings. And it does concern me a bit because, yes, if you have Sark and Asensio, they're not exactly uh, the best players defensively to deal with that. So if this is not handled correctly, yes, you could have situations with, say, uh, a Levante fullback and wide midfielder doing a two-versus-one versus Real Madrid fullbacks. That 
that could be a problem, that could be a situation that, for example, I think Mendy can can deal with that well because he's a monster defensively, but we will see how Odriozola deals with it in the other side. So he will need some extra help from Asensio if possible. Um, what about uh, kind of the midfield deal? Do you, is, is there anything there that uh, you thought would be worth bringing up, whether it's Cruz and Modric versus their double pivot? How do you see that unfolding? That uh, that would that will be interesting because I feel that right now uh, Real Madrid is at a level where they can deal with a press like this uh, pretty well, like uh, pretty well. So I have a lot of hopes about it. Uh, I'm I'm a bit concerned because it's one of those things where like uh, I hope I, I hope I don't. <laughs> I hope this uh, the, the prediction doesn't end up going wrong, but I'm kind of confident about uh, Real's ability to play uh, out of that press. Uh, the team looks pretty confident in that regard, so that should be fine, I think. One thing that will be useful, though, even more than what, what the midfielder's uh, form is, is against Alaves, there was a lot of pretty aggressive... Even though, like Benzema, Asad, and Asensio are not the most aggressive players uh, without the ball most of the time, against uh, Alaves, they were pretty dynamic. And honestly, if they could do something similar against Levante, that would make life for Kroos and Modric a lot easier, like it was versus Alaves. One thing I will say about Real Madrid's press, and as much as that has improved, I guess the one, the one caveat here is that there's no Carvajal, there's no Ramos, and obviously Marcelo, who is almost never there at this point. But when you have Mendy, Militao, and Odriozola, you just hope that they can sustain that. So that a lot of onus on Cruz and Mortage probably dropping and help kind of with the ball progression. Um, that's the only thing that would concern me and, and say that maybe maybe Real Madrid's build of ability will take a hit without Carvajal and uh, and Ramos and Marcelo. So we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Jose. Appreciate your time as always, your insights and uh, tactical previews and everything else and analysis is always on point. I look forward to seeing them all the time. Uh, Thanks for your time. We will chat probably next week at the latest. So thanks again and uh, enjoy the game. All right. Thanks for having me, Kian, and thanks everyone for listening.